Okay, so today I'm really happy to welcome on the show Vera Wu. Vera Wu is CFO and COO at Numbers Protocol and part of the founding team. Numbers Protocol provides content verification for AI-powered companies and creativity tools and offers an efficient and low-cost digital provenance infrastructure and decentralized storage and a pathway to innovative content monetization strategies. Welcome, Vera. So Numbers Protocol are part of the Outlier portfolio. So we know you guys um, very well. You've been making great progress. But also, I think you solve an increasingly obvious, intense problem for, for most people. I actually just tweeted, I forgot that we had this recording, but I tweeted about half an hour before, it wasn't even related to Numbers Protocol, that I've almost given up trying to establish truth on the internet. On the one hand, I'm perhaps increasingly more open to alternative narratives than I used to be, which is perhaps a good thing. On the other hand, there's so much polarizing, conflicting information, it's it's almost impossible in its current form for me to, to make a determination on what, what is true and, and what is not. It's almost become like a, a distraction to try. So obviously very much linked to this, the problem that Numbers Protocol solves. Uh, equally, we had WorldCoin on, on the podcast um, a couple of weeks ago. And of course, they're coming at it from a slightly different angle, but the kind of proof of personhood, i.e. what is a person, what is content generated by a person versus uh, an AI or, or a bot is clearly a, a significant problem, a big uh, TAM, total addressable market, for anybody that can solve it. But what's interesting about Numbers Protocol is you're, you're coming at it from a slightly different angle. I think most people will will understand the problem, um, and it's going to be really interesting to to get into how you solve it. But of course, also, you're a really good example for us of this convergence of Web3 and AI in terms of how you solve it. But I don't want to put words in your mouth. Maybe maybe we kind of hear from you directly how you frame the problem that Numbers Protocol is trying to solve. As you already mentioned, we're actually trying to provide a content modification solution for, for people right now, nowadays. Uh, not to mention like generative AI. Like in the past, we already know like misinformation is everywhere. We noticed that, you know, fake news has been played like very significant role in like a building, defining the narrative around during like pre-exit or US election, presidential election. And also, like unauthorized use of the content and uh, like uh, infringement of the copyright. That is very serious problem on the internet, like back in the days. So when we uh, observe this kind of like issue, we believe that there should be a solution like to address and tackling with this kind of like issue. And uh, with the generative AI right now. It's also like a kind of like a supercharging this kind of like challenge and progress. Right now, you see a picture, photo, or video. It is really hard for us to identify the real content, authentic content, or it is the you know really, really happen things or just the fake news. We believe there should be a system that could help us to do the content verification to make to ensure like the digital media that could verify and the trustable so like numbers is actually found back to like 2019 we have been dedicated in this area for very long time we want to build a protocol that could help the content 
owner and uh, creators that can capture their con uh, creation's value and protect their content rights and also to publish and realize the greater value. And uh, as I mentioned, like, you know, that's why there's so many like misinformation issue, like unauthorized use. That's because the digital media on the internet right now is actual lack of the provenance. There's uh, a need in like attribution. Like for example, like when I can I, I view the content and I cannot find who's the creator or license attribution, even for the AI training preference, there's no place that we can find like kind of like uh metadata or information. So at higher level, we are trying to link or uh, to make each digital media or like the, each digital content as a unique entity, and uh, all the content history are associated with one unique ID. You can consider that as a person we have our personal like id i have um, my individual identification numbers and all my history are associated with this id so based on the history associated with that you can understand maybe my background my experience so it's very similar like that so we make all this record uh, hash on the blockchain so it makes like untrustworthy digital meta into a trustable and verifiable entities by doing so that we allows us to create comprehensive history that enable digital media to represent itself to expose itself so one like nowadays if that image was registered into numbers protocol by using numbers protocol, like designing like a data provenance system. When I see that on the news media, I check that I will know who the creators or when this photo or video has been taken or what kind of like tool they are using. This kind of like information and history will like spoken for the digital media itself. That's pretty much uh, our solution and idea. And uh, we believe this approach does not only bolster the trust in digital content. We actually losing the trust in digital media world, and also that it might open another doors for the creators for their monetization strategy. So we're going to get into we're going to break that down a little bit because you've actually got a number of different stakeholders. If we kind of look at the economy that you're trying to serve, you mentioned creators. We also have just internet users, consumers of content, and then of course advertisers. I guess off the back of that also people who are developing AI solutions and, and looking to train those AI with, with various content in, in an auditable way. So th there's actually quite a lot going on there. Maybe just before we do a little bit of background on you and the team. So we, we normally have kind of the founders from the team. Um, we're of course very happy to have you though. As I said, you're the COO, CFO, but you're very much kind of part of the founding team. You joined back in, I think, 2021. Was it like around 2022? 22, and the company was founded in uh, 19, I think you said, or the, the kind of original precursor. Um, could you maybe just give a little bit of background on yourself, how you came to join the team, and I guess just high level how, how you kind of work with the founders? Yeah, sure. Uh, my background is actually coming from the finance background. I, I used to work with the uh, big company, I, I used to work with the big four uh, and as a consultant role and uh, after i left the big four and i joined another startup it's a tech startup as well so i i'm in charge of the strategy planning and the fundraising and the capital market sense and also the investor relationship actually numbers protocol was founded back in 2019 and uh, all our founder 
a very techy person, so they are tech background and they know the technology like blockchain and the AI data training very well. And then they saw the issues, so they starting from the tech te- technical part. And as a blockchain technology, uh, they also know that how important that we ha- we need to have a Web three ecosystem. So we they build the blockchain and have our like own token. So at that phase, they they launched the token and the white paper around like twenty twenty one, the end of the twenty twenty one. So because that involved more complicated like financial instrument and more like complicated uh, strategy, so they involve invite me to join them like along the way. So that's when uh, that's why I joined with the. The, the, the team at that point. Like my strengths like to help the, the, our founder like to view the business, uh, to view, you know, our solution from more business aside because they are very techy person. So they definitely know how technology could solve this problem. But as a startup, you have to survive. You have to make sure, you know, our technology and our solution will really have and play into the business world. So like after I joined that, we talk a lot and discuss a lot how the blockchain technology could real embed into the real world business and the commercial needs. So that's how we work together and to, you know, go along for already like one and a half year past. Yeah, which is, of course, a lifetime in a real world terms, not only in startup life, but of course, Web3 startup life. So this kind of journey of, commercialization we, we mentioned so there is a token economy there's a number of different stakeholders some of them are uh, consumers some of them are businesses creators could you just talk through that stakeholder ecosystem how you enable them to uh, interact with one another in a more efficient or effective way i have to spend you know take a one step back you know Every solution you you must to have to to fit the commercial fit. So it's uh for the web three and the block uh, blockchain technology. Uh, we all have to have like back in back in like a two or three years before. So like everybody is going to blockchain and they feel like blockchain is changing the world. But to be honest, like we have to look back like how the blockchain technology could really like using by like real commercial world. For example, we see the hype for the NFT, but I think NFT is a good tool, but it's not uh, enough for the complicated like commercial like usage because in the like, commercial usage, it involves more complicated like, license and the royalty distribution. It's always involved a lot of like multiple like parties. So like we working with our customer from the, from the business side, working with our customer very closely, understand what's their need and make our solution to fit their needs. And uh, because blockchain is quite new technology, so you have to make them adopt that very easily. Uh, In the past, people always say you have to adopt the blockchain, but then you do your own research. So you have to uh, deal with very complicated like uh, developer side, but it's not really like work in the real commercial world. You have to make people, you know, trans, uh, transfer like from the traditional world to the new technology without like, uh, has it, uh, like without the, all this hostile. And uh, I actually foresee in the future, blockchain technology could take a lot of uh, role in the, in the world, but we might not 
sense that it's actually backed by the blockchain technology. So we're trying to build a suite of the tool that will very easy to use. So our partner don't worry, don't have to worry about like smart contract and that is a set of a tool. The capture, I, I can introduce more after that later. And that is from the, uh, from the, uh, business side. And uh, as a Web3 company, we very care about the community because we believe like, uh, the, 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 the beauty of the blockchain is open and community driven and uh, it's transparent. So, as I mentioned, we want to build like a digital media permanency like index system. So we're working very closely with the community to learn like what they need and let what they thought that is necessary to be included in the metadata to be, be preserved on the blockchain. And also we were talking with the industry leader and the, a lot of like institution to ensure that we clearly standard is not only us standard is a standard that will be accepted by the community by the internet. Just for example, you know, a lot, uh, it's not only us to working on this data permanency. C2P and Adobe actually, uh, have been dealing with this kind of like issue, uh, back in like 2018 and 2019. So they established an associate called C2PA. So they are trying to defining, you know, digital media content permanency. We are only member uh, of that, but there's also a challenge that saying, "Hey, C2PA and Adobe building this kind of like standard is a centralized standard. So it is a centralized standard. Like, is somebody like a giant tell you like you know this is the standard, so you have to follow that. And uh, if if you don't follow that, it's not a you know trustworthy digital media information." So uh, we actually take very different way. We go with the community and talk with the community. And uh, we also, we also learn from, you know, Adobe is kind of like giant, but we want to make it more like open discussion area and uh, to set this, uh, set this system that could be adopted by everyone. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of different angle. Uh, in the Web3, you have to tackle with a lot of different stakeholders. It's not only your business partner. It's also about like the community you're working with and also the creator you're working with. And uh, all the community contribution will de- de- definitely, I will in the future, they will get the reward because they, they participate to make this network more like, you know, healthier and uh, grow like even bigger. Adobe's, and I guess it's natural, Adobe's approach is a bit more top-down, you know, from from a platform kind of centric perspective, and, and you guys are a little bit more bottom-up. Am I right in then saying, I mean, you've mentioned you have enterprise partners, um, but you're, you're also very community-driven. So could you just explain, like, what community-driven means? Is that traditional web users um, and having them help kind of categorize and index content for you? Uh, in, in a bottom-up way, or is it something different? Yeah, I would say that is the way. But another way is we also failing recently. We just failing the uh, ERC standard. It, uh, another ERC standard that is for digital media indexing. So, oh, as you know, the ERC standard is actually open for a community review, and uh, we will get the feedback from the community. That is a part. And also, with this, when we design this uh, like indexing system is on blockchain so everyone every community has the ability to do the commit or hash back to the blockchain so for example if i have the digital media and i'm the owner 
uh, so I can uh, I, I will update the permanent data permanency of my dig- own digital content. But because that is an open uh, network, so if somebody, for example, uh, I saw this picture or video has been uh, used on some website, and I can, as a community member, I can actively to do the hash and commit this history back to this digital media. So it's an open forum and it's kind of like a uh, repository of the digital media and like to be committed by everyone. And uh, there's no like centralized like organization to say, hey, no, you don't have the right to do this update. Like it's open and uh, everything is uh, immutable, record so everyone can see. Yeah, and obviously it's permissionless as well. So when you've been developing your go-to-market strategy, and I know this is something that we worked on very closely with you in Accelerator, you have large publishers of content, and then you have a long tail of creators. I know in principle, any of each of those two stakeholder groups could use the protocol. It's permissionless. It's to a degree self-service and you tried to abstract away some of the complexity, but what was your go-to-market strategy? Which stakeholder group have you focused on more to kind of bootstrap the network? So we actually uh, develop our tool into like our our capture uh, our solution as uh, is a, a set of the tool that could fit. Either you are the individual like creators or small studio, or you can use the SDK to fit, you know, larger organization or platform. So that's how we working with, you know, a different, uh, different category of the uh, customer. But of course, in our like business growth stage, we will put more resource on the larger enterprise user or in the partners because it will it could like bring more like uh, asset and uh, like bring more creators directly into our network. Uh, so uh, based on that, they could generate more leads from that. So individual creators might saw that, or a uh, small smaller like studio might saw that, and then they could try that. So we also design our pricing very friendly to like uh, like small partners. It's very uh, like I would say you, you either you can use you know based on the like uh, pay as you go, you can deposit the credit. So you know like pay whatever you use based on the usage also or the like monthly subscription fee is very low it's about like maybe fifteen dollars to sixty five dollars depending on how large or how many digital media file you have and we definitely have the enterprise solution for the uh, larger partners we're trying to make all our uh, you know our, our solution very easy to adopt so we pack the like core feature into uh, uh, first the capture like dashboard so it's very easy to use just like you know dropbox or google box so you can just draw your file into that uh, desktop version and you don't have to understand like what the smart contract behind that but for the enterprise user then definitely we will have the customized plan for them and maybe by use, using our sdk tool yeah so that's how how we take always different uh, different uh, customer and client and how we to how how we make sure we can accelerate quickly and to 
like um, like uh, uh, duplicate our solution quickly. And can you give us some examples of the types of customers? Either you can name them or or describe them generally. Um, as well as any kind of um, network traction so people can get a sense of the kind of momentum that you, you guys have. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, so I think you go back to our history uh, when we first find this question. So first, uh, our like uh, partner definitely will be news media. So we have like tried several like uh, pilot projects with the news media, for example, the Lutus. So we help them to archive the uh, 2020 US presidential election. All, all the has been archived into numbers uh, protocol and also uh, recently we which uh, uh, a good news we can just share with you that we're working with the Rolling Stone they have uh, a project is called uh, uh, I think it's called uh, the DJ and uh, the crime, uh, war crime evidence and that is nominated by the uh, news and the documentary category for the MLR reward and they are using our technology to preserve their history uh, like content and the digital media and preserve all the uh, information and the history behind that kind of the digital media for future generation. So it's, uh, so let's see the first uh, type of the customer like we're working with. And besides that, we're also working with the content platform uh, uh, for example, we're working with a content platform. They have a lot of like good, like comic book on their platform, and uh, we're helping uh, they to like uh, uh, to to hash all the creator information and the license preference uh, on their platform, and their their user on their platform can ha- could have more better protection, and also they will enjoy the Web three. Uh, the web three like power like maybe in the future like license their like a uh, a comic book uh, content to either like individual reader or to the uh to the to the to the like library and uh, that will be very uh, quick way to license that in web three way. Yeah, so this is different, like a uh, customer, like we are tackling with right now. Understand. So you're kind of starting with that indexing, archiving provenance, and then eventually moving to help them begin to experiment with different monetization strategies by by leveraging Web three. Um, so you're solving an immediate problem, and then as you integrated and you uh, i guess more familiar with them as a as a partner you can introduce them to, to the world of web3 which is super exciting to what extent is it on the roadmap that you would potentially begin to integrate into creator software itself so kind of go upstream so rather than be a you mentioned it's kind of like this dropbox environment where you take the files um, um and and you kind of are able to hash them do you do you intend to be able to kind of try to get into integrated into kind of creator suites, product suites? So at the, at the point of creation, it, something can be translated into an asset. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that if we integrate with kind of like creativity tool instead of like when we have the like image or work done, we can yes, yes, it's actually our uh, our target uh, customer as well. So how do we can like working with the creativity tool that is like once the creative tool like integrate a uh, numbers uh, system there when like a creator or user generate the content it will immediately 
be captured and all, my, all the metadata and history and how you, you know, like maybe like uh, the, how, you, how you create that work will be, ha- will have the on-chain pr- uh, record. So for example, um, recently we actually working with a uh, AI, AI company. So, uh, it is a AI pipeline company. So they integrate numbers system in that. So if you are using their platform, if you're using their platform and uh, 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 user utilize a stable diffusion model and output image in, is indexed and information such as the tax prong, AI model used, license, and more will be stored directly on numbers blockchain. So that is the way that we integrate with the, for example, first generated AI tool or any creative tool. Uh, so we can capture all this information directly and you will immediately have the on-chain record. So it, instead of you upload the digital file and and manage all the provenance by you manually. If we're working with more creativity tool, all this information will populate it directly into uh, our our system and will hash on blockchain. And I know uh, you guys also successfully closed uh, an investment round. I think that's publicly announced, so people can go find that elsewhere. Um, but but I know you're definitely one of the the more kind of exciting graduates that we've had come out of the program in in recent months in terms of the kind of traction both at a product side um, and then, of course, like adoption at enterprise side. So there, a big thank you for coming on the show. Um, maybe to just close off, how if, if you're a publisher, uh, content creator, or um, kind of AI you know, creation tool, how can uh, people get in, in touch with you all and, and explore a collaboration, SDK, or, or just begin to work with you, work with the tool directly? Yeah, definitely. Like uh, you, they, actually, you can easily find us on num- uh, like numbersprotocol.com. And uh, I, I would say, I uh, we actually talking with a lot of news media right now currently, and uh, people is talking about the problem, like how the uh, how the data provenance is an issue right now. How that like how how can we tell the information like behind that? But everybody is talking about the problem. They don't talking about the solution. But we already have the solution, and the the, the product is ready to use, and has been trained and fine tuned for like uh, three or four years, and has been tested by our partners. So. It's actually ready to use the solution. So if anyone like tr- struggling with the data provenance and they want to make you know their work more, for example, for AI more responsible, uh, we can help with that. We, uh, it would be more fair use or ethical like AI tool. And also for the creator size, if you want to better protect yourself and want to try us, we actually provide some like a uh, program, like kind of like a field trial for uh, that you can adopt our solution and to see how it works and uh, how we can first. Uh, we also provide like a uh, local storage for you, so you will definitely immediately enjoy the tangible like economic interest from that for the decentralized storage. So that is another you know take take all that we go into the market because we understand you know jumping into a new technology might be very afraid, uh, uh, you know, terrifying, but we 
provide you some like additional like value added service for the decentralized storage. So you can try that. It's not hard to try, and we provide some program with the creator. If you have the excellent project, we can have the free credit for you for like maybe three months or six months, and we can see how things go. So. You can find all this information on our website, and you can just you know send the email to you know contact us there. Or uh, if I have to leave my email, they can also send email to me as well. Like definitely, I will you know book a call. <laughs> no, no, don't don't put your don't put your email out here. No, 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 you'll be bombarded. But I think you know two really good points. Firstly, this is not conceptual. This isn't like a basic MVP. This is a, actually a very mature technology stack. It's already being used at scale. You mentioned a couple of examples earlier. But equally, if you're um, an independent creator, uh, you have a very kind of low barrier to entry, both technically and commercially, for them to try the product, experiment with it, um, kind of try try before you can buy. So I think um, great to see that you're kind of really democratizing that tooling as well. Vera, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, sharing with us the exciting things that are going on at Numbers Protocol. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3. 